Hey, hey, it is the Blue Bomber Podcast. Greg Mackling and Doug Brown separated by thousands of kilometers. I don't know exactly how many, Doug, but I'm in San Diego. You are in Winnipeg. And when I woke up this morning, uh, the bombshell that Andrew Harris has been suspended for two games for the use of performance-enhancing drugs. When did you find out about this, and what was your reaction? You know, it wasn't even on social media. Somebody actually sent me, I can't remember who was first, but uh, someone sent me a, a text, just uh, you know, a share of one of the many, many, many headlines that were out there. Just when I thought we wouldn't have anything to talk about on today's podcast, now we've got too much. We need to filter this down, but you know, uh, I don't even. I don't know what's 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 harder to take. You know, the the news today, the fact that he had to sit on this for three weeks, and and or the fact that it's this time in the schedule, about to face Saskatchewan in back to back weeks. It's kind of a threefold uh, disaster in uh, in terms of the timing and and the scenario and the situation. This is uh, it's going to be a difficult obstacle for this football team uh, and Andrew Harris to overcome. I, I can't believe he was playing so successfully, uh, carrying this burden around. Well, I, you know, when you realize that he has been carrying this around the way he has, uh, I, I suppose there is the potential it served for some inspiration for him, knowing that uh, the Blue Bombers are going to be without him for what I think most fans see as the, the two most important weeks of the season, regardless of the standings. And as we look at the standings, uh, it's magnified this yeah. season because we could go into this back to back season series in first place and come out in second place to the team that the that the bombers are playing and you want to obviously you don't get to pick and choose when your superstars get hurt or get suspended or whatever scenario unfolds but you know having matt nichols out and now andrew harris out and uh you know just coming off the kind of passing performance we saw last week you're just you're kind of you're kind of i'm almost getting dizzy just comprehending you know uh, so many misfortunes happening to this football team at the same time it was almost incomprehensible in my mind anyway that the bombers would go to edmonton and and win the game and regardless of how they did it i think the way their offense performed and what they did and, and the way they went about business didn't shock either one of us the fact that it was a so successful and that the defense came up with a performance that was uh, equal if not more brilliant than the last time the bombers played edmonton holding them to seven field goals uh this is is this is going to get lost now the fact that the, yeah. the blue bombers came up with what was uh, a most improbable win last friday night in edmonton yeah, that's always a sign of a very good football team when everyone knows, everyone in the room, everyone on the field, everyone watching the game, everyone in attendance knows what you're going to do, and they can't do anything about it. They can't stop you. That is just a, a master's degree in execution, and that's what the Bombers were able to do against Edmonton. Um, they rushed the ball for more than they passed it. I would say if you looked in the history of the CFL, the days that that happened are very few and far between when you rush the football for more yards than you pass it on a field this big with this many players and, and the kind of rules that are slanted towards the passing game. It's it's almost uh, incomprehensible. So that multi-pronged, two-headed rushing attack, uh, the offensive line was fantastic, uh, ball control, uh, fewer turnovers, and obviously the defense and special teams really have their fingerprints all over this victory in propelling the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to this 8-2 two record that they have right now and positioning them in first place showdown but like I said another 
piece of this puzzle, probably the most important piece this year, Andrew Harris won't be on the field for these next two games. And, and a lot of people are still reeling from this, trying to digest with this news. Andrew Harris won't be on the field, but Willie Jefferson will. And to state and to come out and proclaim him the player of the game last Friday would be a vast understatement. Chris Treveller obviously did some great things with his legs, but Willie Jefferson was undeniably the best player for either team on Friday night. It was quite a performance. Have you seen anything like that from a defensive end dominate and really take over the game in a sense for both teams the way he did? Yeah, I have. And his name was Cameron Wake. You know, that is about, for those listeners that don't know who Cameron Wake is, he's the player that came to the BC Lions. I believe he played two years in the CFL, absolutely tore it up, lit it up, and uh, went into a a career, uh, all-pro career, I believe, with the Miami Dolphins, where, uh, you know, he'd made millions of dollars and became a premier pass rusher in the National Football League. Uh, Willie Jefferson had the same kind of impact on this game against Edmonton that I saw, I haven't seen since Cameron Wake. He was that good. Uh, It was that complete of a performance in every phase of the game against the run, uh, against the pass, pressuring the quarterback, uh, getting the ball out, uh, just causing. If you looked up mayhem, you know, in the backfield of of the Edmonton Eskimos, uh, you know, there should be a little picture of Willie Jefferson smiling and saying, (laughs) how do you like that smoke, you know? So... It was incredible. And not to mention the big play on on the short kickoff that, that sealed the deal when, when Edmonton uh, did not necessarily the unthinkable because they are so explosive, that 75-yard touchdown on that strange play where Willie Jefferson essentially kicked a rouge and Edmonton uh, got the ball back with just over a minute left and in one play took it for a score and gave them time to, to definitely try and uh, make things interesting. But Willie Jefferson would have none of that. Can we expect more of the same as Jefferson goes against his ex-teammates this coming Sunday afternoon in the Labor Day Classic? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you'd think the chips are really down for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, right? Uh, You have your starting quarterback out. You have your most outstanding player candidate out, suspended for two games. You're like, wow, what does this team have going for it? Well, you know, sometimes these are rallying moments. You, you have a special teams that's playing very well. You have a defense that's playing out of its mind right now, front four that is just totally causing massive disruption in the backfield of every team they're, they're playing against, led by Willie Jefferson. So this can be kind of a rallying cry for this football team. You know, this the defense can say, you know, get their back up saying, why has everybody forgotten about what we've been doing? We've been salting away these wins for this football team for weeks now. The special teams has been dynamite. They've had a ton of returns for touchdowns this year. There's no reason why they can't kind of galvanize behind this and have the offense play some inspired football in support of their teammates that aren't able to be there. The opportunity is still in front of this football team. Well, I, and I, I think we'll see Johnny Augustine in the lineup for Andrew Harris, but Nick, Nick Dembski can obviously come out of the backfield as well. Any chance? It, we discussed this very briefly last week, the idea of maybe a three-headed monster out of the backfield with Streveler, Dembski, and, of course, not Augustine, but Harris. It, this might be impetus for, for something like that to happen in my mind. What do you think about that idea? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Like I said, uh, I'm still dizzy from everything that went down today and just trying to comprehend, you know, what kind of offensive game plan are they going to have now that, you know, the most, I mean, he's 
probably the most targeted uh, uh, pass catcher as well as obviously a guy that, that makes an impact on the ground, Andrew Harris is. So he's such a big part of this offense. Uh, I, I think I agree with you in the sense it's going to take a multifaceted approach. It's going to take many different players stepping up their game and contributing in different ways in order to just try and fill that that huge void that he's going to be leaving. And I thought part, part of the key for that win, it, you mentioned the fact that they ran for more yardage uh, than, than they passed for uh, almost twice as much, in fact. Just uh, that ate up a lot of clock. It did keep the Edmonton offense off the off the field somewhat so there is a there is a second benefit to running the ball and being able to do so successfully it keeps the the clock running yeah it keeps the clock running it's uh you know technically uh, a more ball secure way of of managing a football game uh handing it off as opposed to throwing it putting it up in the air Um, it's higher percentage uh when you have a quarterback you know that can run like that you know, I really have two concerns coming out of that game in Edmonton. One, uh, because of the rain, right? There was a torrential downpour there in Edmonton. So, uh, obviously, you know, I don't know if it might have been a different story if there were ideal conditions. I mean, Trevor Harris put up, what, 450 yards passing in, in terrible throwing conditions. Um, so, I'm not sure if this is a different game, if it's dry conditions. My other question coming out of this game, this Edmonton victory, is can Chris Strebler continue to withstand the kind of shots he's taking now uh, a quarterback as long as you're in the pocket you're you're greatly protected in terms of the the areas you can be contacted uh, you know guys have to be very careful when they hit you uh, if you've released the ball uh, they have to hit you in that window right uh, above the waist and below the shoulders uh, they can't get anything up high on you so there's a whole bunch of rules but once you leave the pocket with the football you essentially become a runner and all those protections are no longer afforded to you and Chris Strebler took some hellacious shots in this game against the Edmonton Eskimos it was incredible and you just have to wonder you keep exposing him out of the pocket like this there's some real bad hombres in in the Canadian Football League uh, that are gonna you know put a bullseye on you and tune you up so to speak and it's, uh, it's something you don't want to see to your number two when you're already in, uh, in scramble mode to, to take over from your starter not being available. Well, so how about this idea then of uh, Chris Trevler putting himself under uh, so much duress and putting himself in personal jeopardy? Why don't we transition to the other conversation du jour before the Andrew Harris announcement this morning, and that was the fact that Andrew Luck basically retired at the end of a game on Saturday night and walked off the field in Indianapolis in front of his hometown fans, no less, to boos and jeers, and certainly not by a majority of the crowd, but enough of them that people noticed, people heard, and it was sort of an embarrassing, real bad look for for, for Colts fans. Uh, just absolutely deplorable in my eyes. Yeah, this past couple of days, huh? Talk about your... Your, uh, your week of Andrews, lots of news about about uh, all the Andrews and, and, and not in good ways. I think that situation in Indianapolis, that's a, a scenario, just mob mentality, right? You, you get you get people at a game and and uh, they're inebriated. Not they're using alcohol as an excuse for for their behavior, but it's purely reactionary without any thought. And um, you know, it's just a scenario that. A lot of fans don't have that perspective that the athlete has to take care of himself and his family 
and uh, what is best uh, for himself and his health and his future and his viability, you know, to have some sort of semblance of a life going forward. Uh, you know, they're not out there just, you know, playing to the whims and for the adoration of their fan base. Obviously, fans are a big part of paying the salaries of these megastar athletes, and it is the fans that propel them and put them on these pedestals and, uh, you know, that, that, you know, hang on every, every action and, and word of, of these athletes. But, you know, sometimes you have to take a step back and just recognize that, you know, these guys are people too, and, and this is a job for them, and, and this is a very taxing, violent and uh, lasting job when it comes when, when it comes to the physical impacts and what football leaves you with, it, it sure takes away. It can take away a lot from you in terms of your future viability as a, as a person. So it's uh, it's hard not to empathize uh, with Andrew Luck and sympathize with what he had to go through. Is this represent Doug a, a potential tipping point? Uh, we've seen some some high profile players and 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 not so high, high pardon me profile players over the last several years uh, cut their careers short in the eyes of many, citing the concern over injury and basically saying, you know what? I have made a fortune, but I've made more money than I could ever imagine and I can live quite nicely on what I've earned so far and, and I'm going to get out early. Do you think we're going to start seeing more of that? Yeah, I mean that's naturally the, the options that athletes have now. As salaries go up they have they have more decisions they can make and uh, you know a lot of these guys can be financially viable for the rest of their lives in a, in a short order uh, through their playing career so I think you know the more you find out about how bad of a game football is for you in the long term in terms of the, the consequences of of playing a, a brutal game like this season after season and just how it taxes you I'm not surprised that we're seeing a large percentage of guys get out while they can and while they have that decision that they're able to make, right? Walk into the game. You always want to make sure you walk out of that game as well. Okay, so uh, before we run the risk of uh, conducting a two-hour podcast here, let's get to Sunday afternoon at Mosaic Stadium. Bombers, Rough Riders, Labor Day Classic. We often spend a lot of time as we get ready for this game talking about the history of the game and the fact that this is always a good game no matter what's on the line. 7-1 and one versus 1-7, and 5-5 five and five versus 5-5. Five and five. In this case, we really have uh, you could argue the two top teams in the West if and more likely so two of the top three teams in the league right now going head to head with with obviously very very different options in terms of the roster yeah I mean this is uh, like you said this game this is not an ideal uh, scenario or circumstance for the Blue Bombers going into this game but I think they're certainly very capable of rallying around Andrew Harris and, and Matt Nichols and their their deficiencies right now offensively and having their, their defense continue their dominant ways the special teams can make some plays and you know who's going to step up right I think it'll, it'll certainly take a field of players a number of guys that are going to have to contribute and, uh, and really be on top of their games for this offense to have a degree of productivity in this game but 
The next man up scenario has been very well employed by the Michael Shea regime, and they've done very well in injury scenarios in previous seasons where they've had disastrous situations that they've had to contend with, and they've been able to next man up in terms of the next guy off the bench and thrust into that starter's role has been able to contribute and, and keep things business as usual. Uh, it's going to take an extraordinary effort due to the the, the caliber and, and the excellence of the players they're, they're missing. But, you know, sometimes just when you think, you know, you're down and out, uh, it can be uh, when all the chips are against you as a football team, this can be when you, uh, you rise to the occasion. I'm sensing the fact that you would like to pick the Blue Bombers to do something special this week, Doug. <laughs> I always want to pick Winnipeg when it comes to games of Saskatchewan, and I'm looking for a reason for myself to believe right now. So uh, I've been on the other side of that where the improbable, right, where uh, Rocky Butler came into a, a game in Saskatchewan and, and defeated us, and I don't think did anything else the rest of his entire career. So uh, it can happen. Uh, Labor Day games are uh, often defy logic and reasoning and, and, and rationale. So I'm hoping the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, can, can flip can flip that side and that argument to their favor so so uh, doug uh, there are going to be certain se- aspect uh, of the of the fan base and and people are going to be looking down their noses at andrew harris today uh, how prevalent are supplements and and how, how close to the line do people work and, and what, what's your take on this whole situation overall you know, I've uh, Andrew Harris and I trained for for many many years at the same gym, and uh, you know, knowing what I know about athletes that have uh, tampered or used uh, illegal supplements, performance enhancing stuff, he was never a guy that you had any red flag. He was never a guy that set off your radar as whoa, this guy could be using. He didn't have those massive or immediate gains, or you know, he didn't transform himself. It was always. A slow, steady, deliberate process where he made his improvements over time. Um, I never had anything that raised an eyebrow for me uh, in the scenarios over the years training at the same gym as him where I thought, you know, this would ever be a, a scenario for him. I do understand, you know, having been on the football team, uh, you know, having been told from Al Couture, the, the head trainer of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, that up to 20% of, of supplements out there on the market, he, he would always tell us. He said, it's a wild west out there. I had a salad recalled for, for some scenario, but when it comes to supplements and stuff, it's absolutely the wild west out there. I, I know Al used to tell us there's really only one brand of supplements out there that 100% guaranteed not to be tainted or tampered with. So uh, he would, I think they were called NSF or something like that was the brand of them, but... Uh, you know, the scenario with Andrew Harris, though, is just, it's its totally unfortunate. Um, not only the, the timing of this happening, obviously, uh, the questions that it raises. Uh, in my mind, you know, the way uh, to try and work through this, uh, not only, well, first and foremost, to give him the benefit of the doubt, but uh, secondly, I, I think it's my understanding, what I took from that pre- press conference, that he might be, or he should be testing uh, the rest of the, the supplements that he had this, uh, that he believes he got this tainted sample from. And then that's how you clear your name in this scenario. If there's more pills or whatever form this came in, in that sample, if there's something more in there that further reaffirms this, then you know what? Then all people that are doubting you right now, they'll have to put that to rest because if you can prove that the stuff you were taking 
has something in it that you know isn't in the ingredients or isn't advertised then uh, i can't see how anyone could still uh, hold him accountable obviously uh, athletes are always held accountable for what they're putting into their bodies and they're supposed to know but i think there'd be a lot more people understanding um you know, if, if he's able to, to test what he was using, what he believes was tainted and, and, and prove to people that, hey, you know, I had no idea and this is, uh, this is proof of it. Do you get the sense that he just wants to serve this two games and, and, and maybe move on from this? Yeah, obviously, you know, and it's, uh, like you said, scenarios like this, uh, they're, uh, you know, it brings out, People are skeptical. People are asking questions. Uh, unfortunately, you know, there's been lots of scenarios like this that people have heard before. Uh, so sometimes it's it's hard for people to uh, to believe an athlete. And and you know, even if you are cleared in, in some respect, you know, there will always be people that will hold this uh, against him. Unfortunately, that's why this whole scenario is just so regrettable and unfortunate um, because he's accomplished so much. And now, unfortunately, there will be a, a percentage of people that feel that, you know, uh, that, that part of the, the credit for his accomplishments, which I don't feel at all, is, is due to some sort of illegal supplementation. So it's, uh, it's a super uh, difficult and, uh, and, and tough environment and, and reality he's certainly dealing with right now. I can't even imagine, especially holding on to this for the three weeks going to uh, before it was announced. Who would have imagined that we could do uh, 30 minutes plus on football, Winnipeg, and the NFL, and not touch that debacle that was the NFL preseason game, which is uh, good enough reason enough for me to uh, wish you adieu and uh, look, to, look forward to reconvening with you next week, Doug. Yeah, maybe we'll have to touch on that another time. Okay, my brother. All Thanks right, for this.